It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is a Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joey Medora as we take it up until 7 o'clock today on the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. 6.06 on the 16th day of June and 75 degrees and partly cloudy outside. And Joey, it might be a partly cloudy. That's what the system said. I, I look out the window. There's some blue skies out there. It looks like a nice day. Um, but not all has been great. Of course, uh, the news coming out of the NCAA today is that there was a recruiting violation for Ohio University's volleyball team. Uh, we've got the sports director of WAB, Michael Roth, standing by. But, Joey, it does not look good uh, for the volleyball team as they have to vacate some of their wins. Uh, basically, three out of four years that a uh, you know, recent grad just had. Uh, you know, Lizzie Stevens you know, tweeted out three out of four years. But wins will be vacated. Records will be uh, set aside. Uh, it's a disappointing day uh, for Ohio women's uh, volleyball. Yeah, no, and I probably let Mike speak more onto this issue as uh, you know I haven't read too extensively into it. But obviously, anytime you uh, are caught with some kind of, uh, I guess, cheating allegation would be what you'd label it under. It's uh, not not good for the program, especially since uh, they haven't been too successful either in the past couple of years when it comes to winning on the on the court either. So, and they used to be a successful program. And before we bring in Michael Roth, you know what the NCAA brought down here, and I'm sure that Roth will touch on one year of probation. Uh, the institution shall pay a fine of $5,000 to the NCAA. Recruiting restrictions, we'll get into that. Public reprimand and censure through the release of public infractions decision and a vacation of records of contests in which student-athletes participated while ineligible. The university must provide a written report containing the contests impacted to the NCAA media coordination and statistics staff within 14 days of the public release of the decision. So Ohio is on the clock. And on the airwaves right now, Michael Roth joins us. Uh, Roth, good to have you on. Wish it was under a, a better term here. Uh, not that uh, it's the end of the world here, but still not a good thing for Ohio University Athletics to be dealing with with a uh, recruiting violation uh, of this magnitude. Yeah, thanks, Connor. Um, cannot say this is what I expected to wake up to. News this morning, um, seeing that the Ohio volleyball team uh, got recruiting violations. It all stems from uh, head coach Dean Webb misunderstanding NCAA rules and according to the press release from the NCAA, university's failure to adequately educate the coaching staff. So this is all because uh, the coaching staff paid uh, $4,408 in airfare to parents of eight prospects and four of them ended up enrolling in Ohio. And like you already mentioned, one year of probation, you have a $5,000 fine. There are some restrictions going on next season for when they can uh, make paid visits and also host official and unofficial visits. And like you mentioned, the uh, vacation of records and contests, which those four student-athletes participated in. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a disappointing day for Ohio Volleyball. Um, and, yeah, like I mentioned before, not something I expected to wake up to today right and it's uh not again not something that we expected to turn uh you know wake up and, and expect um but you know, some of the other uh this is a level uh core penalty for level two mitigated violations that's the official lingo from the ncaa uh the statement from julie cromer you know she didn't really have the majority of this uh you know recruiting violation with you know the the volleyball team it was Jim Schaus who was the uh, you know the, the athletic director at the time but Julie Cromer released a statement saying NCAA rules compliance continues to be a top priority at of Ohio athletics she appreciates the efforts of the Ohio University legal affairs staff who assisted us in resolving this case as well as uh, through the professional way in which the NCAA worked with us to resolve the matter. Our standards of integrity, conduct, and compliance remain extremely high, and our policies and procedures have been updated accordingly to address the monitoring deficiencies uncovered uh, through this case. Uh, but you know, it's, uh, again, something that Ohio will have to deal with, and they uh, are going to deal with, especially for Ohio uh, women's volleyball. 
Yeah, like you mentioned, this happened under previous regimes starting um, back in October of 2015, and the most recent violation was in August of 2018. So um, everything happened before Julie Cromer's tenure. Uh, all, all that happening under head coaches, head coach Dean Websterin. Uh, so yeah, the, it'll be interesting to see how the program deals with this one year of probation. Um, they had a very large roster for volleyball standards last year, so we'll see how large the roster is in the next two seasons when these sort of recruiting restrictions are going to be enforced on the program, and it'll be interesting to see how the program does next season under probation because you have two all-MAC players coming back in Barry Yakamatsi and Tia Jimerson. This could be one of the better teams in recent memory because, like Joey kind of hinted, they've been struggling the past couple years, but th- this is a team that earlier in Dean Webb's tenure was an absolute powerhouse in the Mid-American Conference. And I'm taking a look at you know the, uh, the uh, impermissible recruiting inducements uh, inducement received, um, but there is eight, as you said before, eight you know, student-athletes uh, that received it, and you said that there were four, uh, you know, who wound up, you know, as Ohio volleyball players. I am interested in finding out, you know, for stats-wise, record-wise, game-wise, you know, who were the players that were in violation, and it might not be the players that are there. I mean, you can't really blame the players for this, uh, because, you know, if the head coach doesn't know, then the players obviously don't know. Uh, so it, it's unfortunate that it just seems like it's a big misunderstanding, but still, it will have some implications with win-loss. It'll have some implications with, uh, you know, maybe some all-time records. But until we know who these players are that, you know, contributed to these uh, the violations, we won't know how big of an impact it will have on the, the history and the program of women's uh, volleyball here at Ohio yet. Yeah, I would say um, with four players uh, who were under violation, I would say pretty much every game... Um, from the three seasons um, is going to be pretty much wiped away because the odds of all four of the players not playing in any one game is pretty low. So um, I won't be surprised if they just like wipe away every game from the season instead of like keeping like maybe the three games that uh, none of the players played in to just like keep whichever players um, uh, were. Uh, technically ineligible, like uh, not public information. So that's what I would probably imagine would happen. Now, Mike, a question. When I saw this pop up, something I was kind of thinking about, obviously volleyball is uh, not one of the main sports that you think of in college sports where the athletic departments will put their assets towards, usually football, basketball, baseball, sports like that. And, uh, you know, of course, this whole coronavirus thing, we you're kind of expecting to see some of the uh, mid-major and smaller schools have to cut back on certain expenses towards certain sports. So, do you, I mean, obviously you don't know, but you're a smart guy. Do you think this one-year probation might uh, have a lasting impact on the, the volleyball team? Maybe in the future they uh, aren't able to fund the team anymore? Um, I really don't. I think that the volleyball team is one of the more popular programs that um, – is an Olympic sport and a non-revenue sport. Pretty much every sport besides men's basketball and football is a non-revenue sport at Ohio University. And like I mentioned before, this team was absolutely dominant at the start of Dean Webb's tenure. Um, they won, I believe, like eight or nine combined, whether that's regular season or max tournament championships uh, from the years like 2010 to 2016. So this is a team that has a lot of history and I would imagine a fine of $5,000 and a year of probation isn't going to be enough to put the volleyball team really in jeopardy of losing their spot. Um, If there was a different women's sport, I would say maybe there is a chance because I believe Ohio could technically cut one women's sport and still be a Division I member institution. So I'm not sure if Ohio University is going to look to take that avenue during coronavirus, but I would be pretty surprised if they do take one woman's sport away, if volleyball was the sport that uh, was put on the chopping block. Now, it's at least my understanding that, you know, to be you know, in Division One, you need to have at least 16 uh, sports, and I think Ohio is right at that minimum of 16. I know they're at the minimum for men's sports, uh, they're at the maximum, or not maybe the maximum, but for uh, women's sports, they do have 
they could theoretically Title IX wise cut down on a, a women's sport because you do have more uh, you have more women's sports than men's sports. Uh, but it all depends on the uh, you know, the, the scholarships that are offered. You know, the scholarships have to be equal, and you can't have less than I believe five men's sports. Whatever it is, Ohio is at the the minimum for men's sports, and uh, I think they're at the minimum overall to be a Division One uh, athletic program. So I, I don't even think you know cutting a sport, especially during this time, is is within uh, the realm of possibilities right now. I know Central Michigan, which could send a, 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 a difficult president uh, they did cut down they were below the minimum but they just got a waiver from the NCAA for at least this season uh, so uh, that would be only situation for Central Michigan uh, to you know, to follow should other Division one programs that are at the minimum you know try to cut a sport uh, but you know in regard to volleyball I, I gotta agree you know volleyball is not probably not going anywhere they'll have to deal with the suspension or you know, the probation uh, just for the one year uh, but still you know, it's disappointing because this team does have some talent. You know, Vera Giacomazzi was one of the best uh, setters in all of uh, Division One volleyball last year. You know, Tia Jimerson, a, a great player. You know, they have the talent there, but now they are not going to be able to, to showcase it since they're on this probation. Yeah, and um, Ohio has currently six men's sports and nine women's sports. I believe you need to have at least 14 um, total sports, so I believe Ohio could cut one sport, uh, one woman's sport to stay in compliance because you have to have at least uh, six men's sports, and if you have six men's sports, you need at least eight women's sports, or you could go seven and seven. Um, what is that so for Division believe, One, or is that for Title Nine? Yeah, for Division One. Um, so I believe Ohio could cut one woman's sport, and then they would be at six men's sports eight women's sports and still keep their Division One eligibility. Um, not sure how they would move around scholarships um, for Title IX, but that would be, I believe that would be an option, and they would not need a waiver, like you mentioned, Central Michigan needed to stay in the Mid-American Conference. Right, and it, it again, it's a difficult situation. I think Julia Cromer, to this point, has done a, a good job during the coronavirus because you know no sports have been cut. You know, they probably reduced. I, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, uh, but I, I think from what I've heard that she's done a, a good job in keeping Ohio, uh, you know, within the, the budget cuts and the reductions and, and everything, all without having to remove a sport, uh, which is a, a good thing for her, good thing for Ohio. Uh, you know, so digging deeper into this uh, violation here for women's volleyball, a 37.5 reduction of official paid visits, uh, a four-week ban, this has already taken place from May 1st through the 28th in 2019 on all official paid and unofficial visits by women's volleyball perspectives to an athlete's reduction of 25 off-campus recruiting days of so the available number of off-campus recruiting days in women's volleyball during the 2019-2020 academic year. So it goes a little bit further than just a probation. It does kind of hit them a little bit harder in the reductions in recruiting than it does really for you know, probation-wise and, and monetary-wise. Did we lose him? Yeah, no, I'm oh, still, no, here. He's still here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what? so do you think there's going to be a lasting impact on, on volleyball? Not not talking about cuts, but how do you think that this you know, probation is going to hurt uh, hurt them this year? Um, I'm really not sure. Um, like the biggest thing, like, will, will there even be a volleyball season? Will, will the volleyball season be like behind closed doors? Um, that's a bunch of things that all have to get ironed out that are m- much more significant than um, the, this year of probation. So, um, yeah, I would uh, I would say just figuring out if there's going to be Mac volleyball this year is still. Um, at the forefront for where their priorities are, and then once they figure that out, they can um, the program can figure out how to work around this probation. Um, yeah. So just to be clear, they don't have any kind of like they're not going to be able to not participate in any kind of tournaments or anything like that. It's just uh, for their actions on the on the plane ticket stuff and all that, right? Well, yeah, I believe that it's just a vacation of past records, right? Right, and the probation only really affects their NCAA tournament eligibility, correct? 
Um, I'm not sure. I know probation does not affect your eligibility in men's basketball. Um, I'm not sure if the rules are different for different sports. Um, but I would imagine they would still be eligible to play in the NCAA tournament. So what does this probation mean exactly? I mean, what, what, so you just, um, it's in on I, a name, it's in on, you know, what, how does that affect them? I believe it's like we're watching you closer. Um, it's uh, so it's just basically you're going to be under the the needle here. You're going to be under the microscope, and if you yeah. do anything wrong on here, you know further uh, actions will be taken. From what you read, it sounds like you just have some recruiting, like just some like recruiting yeah, restrictions in the upcoming year. I believe you have to report to the NCA more regularly um, while you're on probation. So maybe a normal school reports, I don't know, every year, every six months, maybe the Ohio volleyball will have to report every two or three months. I'm not really sure. Um, but, like, there, there, there are programs on probation uh, all the time. Uh, like, it, just in February, Pitt football and basketball got placed on three years probation. Um, Louisville has been on probation. Their basketball program for, it, it seems like, the past, I don't know how many years. Um, so, yeah. And you know, I think just, it's like a scary word that isn't. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't really. It, it just means we're watching you closer. That's all it really yeah. means. It doesn't mean hey, you're barred so. from the postseason. Uh, it doesn't mean hey, you can't participate in the Mid American Conference. And I forget, is there still going to be volleyball tournament uh, for the Mid American Conference, or was that one of the postseason tournaments that were cut? Because there was a lot of changes uh, that were made earlier on in the MAC uh, that you know, affected baseball and other sports. But it is being cut down to either four or eight teams. I forget um, what it is being cut down to, but um, uh, whatever it is, there is still a volleyball tournament, and that will determine who makes it into the NCAA tournament. But I know that the amount of teams that do make the MAC tournament is cut down. I believe it got cut down to four because um, I think it previously had been eight teams. Uh, so now they're just going to make it four. And it's always hosted at um, the regular season champion from the year before. Um, so right now I forget who that would be. I believe it's either Miami of Ohio or Bowling Green. Yeah, two of them both had a, a good season last year. Uh, you know, let's take this from a, a player's side, right? Because I saw that Lizzie Stevens, she graduated. She's no longer a part of the Ohio uh, women's volleyball team. But Lizzie Stevens tweeted out earlier today, and said, why are we causing you know all the stats, all the records uh, to be vacated you know, as a team? You know, I'm sure Lizzie. I don't know if she committed the violation or not. Maybe we we won't know. Uh, but you know, she says, how come all the team stats? I'm just uh, abbreviating here, but how come all the the stats well, that she had in three of her four years uh, are going to be vacated? You know, the win loss, the any postseason win loss, like team wise. Well, I think I can answer no that one for you. I mean. How about all the Penn State stuff a few years ago, right? Those guys, 15 years later, had nothing to do with anything that Jerry Sandusky was doing, but they still lost all their wins. They still got put on probation, couldn't play in bowl games and things like that. And unfortunately, that's just what happens when your program uh, has some kind of scandal, we'll call this, even though this is kind of just a slap-on-the-wrist kind of incident. But, you know, when something happens in your program, unfortunately, the current players and roster are kind of the ones that have to bore the brunt of it. You know, the, the worst one... Um, in my opinion, has been uh, Oklahoma State one because um, they had a former assistant coach, the uh, past head coach, who recruited violations after the players were already committed to the program. Um, that coach was fired, has left the program, has paid his penalty, and by the current team, who has a completely new head coaching staff, none of the players who received any benefits are still on the team right now has been banned from the NCAA tournament. Um, so, like, here, um, you still have everybody still has their job within Ohio Volleyball that broke the rules, but, like, an example like that, you have uh, people who had literally nothing to do with the violation besides the fact that they work at the same school um, in the future, and they have to pay the price. So that's kind of what the what the NCAA does. They, uh, they go back and they... Uh, they punish the people who are in the position now and try and take away the records because I, I, I know what good way there is to do it um, to, to make sure rules right. are... I mean, you gotta, someone's got to get punished. you got to have some way of punishing yeah. somebody. So, and, I mean, you can't... 
you can't say to the current team, we're going to take away all the wins you have from this current season you're about to yeah. play, then there's no reason to play the season. So that's just kind of right. how it all works out. Who was the mid-major that just recently got punished to basketball? Um, well, Buffalo had uh, one. No, no. But uh, there was uh, – was, didn't Stephen F. Austin just have a – didn't they just – a couple weeks ago, didn't Stephen uh, F. Austin probably. just have some kind of scandal? Yes, they did. Yeah. They did. I do remember that because uh, they they made like multiple NCAA tournaments and won multiple games, and uh, now they're uh, they're saying that none of that happened. Yeah, they're all gone. Yep. Yeah, and the worst yeah. thing that only happened to you know, Dean Webb and an assistant volleyball coach it wasn't uh, you know it just says a assistant volleyball coach, but uh, suspended the head women's volleyball coach and one assistant women's volleyball coach without pay for one week. Uh, so just one week with that pay from May 3rd through the 9th uh, back in 2019. Uh, so it seems like a lot of these things have already kind of taken place, except for the probation, which takes place on June 16th. So today through June 15th of next year uh, and, and the penalty. But uh, maybe some some other probate, uh, some other uh, you know, recruiting restrictions. Uh, but it seems like the brunt of the you know, punishment has kind of already been served. Yeah, and uh, like nobody, nobody really knew about it before today. I guess <laughs> right, uh, which is kind of crazy because you'd think that you know somebody uh, would would have caught on already. Uh, if WOUB and, and uh, your reporting and the Post and the Athens Messenger, the Athens News, no, nobody knew. Nope. Now it's um, again, it's it's a slap on the wrist. It's not the the be all end all for Ohioans uh, volleyball. Uh, but it is news. It is something that you know, has happened, and, and they'll have to deal with it. But uh, yeah, at least they reported it. Uh, it's unfortunate for the team you know, who had to. And, and it seems like they really didn't know about the violation. They didn't, really didn't know uh, that they were committing a violation. You know, Dean Webb just had a misunderstanding of the rule, and all he did, he didn't pay the players, uh, but yeah, they bought plane tickets. You know, a plane ticket for a mom, a plane ticket for a, a, a mom and dad. Uh, the the most expensive one was nine hundred and twenty one dollars, uh, and that happened back in uh, two thousand eighteen. So it, it's not like it affected the play. Nine hundred twenty one dollars. Where are they flying from? Well, uh, you don't know. It's a two <laughs> two person plane uh, ticket. For two there. Oh yeah. god, I was about to say, people. my god. Two two person plane ticket. It was a father and the mother. Both gotcha. cost uh, nine hundred twenty one dollars. Gotcha. When it's a solo yes, plane so. ticket, it's like three nineteen. Yeah. Um, I'm looking it up right now and it seems like uh ohio and the university of iowa will be the only women's volleyball programs under probation um some examples of programs under probation right now uh university of maryland men's women's basketball that expires uh tomorrow actually um buffalo men's basketball expires in april of 2021 um georgia tech is actually on probation for men's basketball until 2023 um, as is uh, Oklahoma State men's basketball. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not super uncommon um, of a punishment to be laid down. Yeah. Basically, Ohio got a very mild version of a probation. Right. And, I mean, you do have to feel bad a little bit uh, about you know, the players that, that performed out on the court because, you know, their wins are, are now going to be vacated. You know, their records as a team will be vacated. Uh, you know, if I was a player, I'd, I'd be upset about it because it's not like you know, the payments for a plane ticket affected anything that happened on the court. Maybe it swayed a decision of a player or not because they were able to get a, a, their parents flown in. Um, but still, you know, it's it's not a, a big, I'd say, big recruiting violation. It's not like Dean Webb said, hey, we've got an open house here in Athens. Uh, here, Here's a check. You can go buy it. You know, that would be a big recruiting violation. This is just, it's like minor. You know, it, it's not a big to me, I don't think it's a huge deal. Well, Millsy, when you beat everybody, they want to bring you down. That's how it works. You don't know much about that being a, a New York sports fan, but uh, well, I know that being a Met fan. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, everybody brings us down regardless if we win or lose. Eesh. But again, talk with Michael Roth, uh, the sports director at WUB. Uh, Roth, you got any other news for us? Any other updates? You got any uh, ear to the grounds? Ohio athletics. What, what are you expecting for the fall? Um, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing else to really report on right now. I saw that uh, five Ohio Bobcats were, were named to the Athlon Sports uh, Magazine team. That's, uh, that's kind of all over the website right now. Um, other than that, yeah, just uh, it's 
been pretty slow news-wise on Ohio Athletics for the past month or so um, before today. So, yeah, just kind of patiently awaiting um, the news about if there will be a fall sports season and in what capacity that's going to happen. Well, you know, only uh, only time will tell for that, but uh, you know, it, no news, I guess, has to be good news at this time, right? Because if you're not hearing anything from them, uh, that means everything is you know, fine until you do, right? Yeah, before today, that uh, <laughs> was probably a strategy we wanted to keep. Yep. But anyway, Michael Roth, the WAB Sports Director, looking forward to another great year. Uh, reading your stuff, uh, you know, watching the content and everything that you guys produce. Appreciate you being on the Sports Fan with us today. All right, thank you, Connor. Yeah, thanks thanks a lot, me. Mike. Yep. Again, Michael Roth, Sports Director over there. What a guy! Hey, good guy. Always, you know, he called. I got him to call in a early. Found of information that one. Yeah, I mean, I got him to call in uh, a couple weeks. It might have been three, four weeks ago. But at this point, it, this whole quarantine period, it's been long. Uh, but I called him and said, "Hey." Uh, I know you know information about this. Want to call into the sports fan, and he said, uh, "Sure, he's got some time, you know, maybe uh, 10, 20 minutes." Uh, but then later, I, I found out, you know, it was his birthday, so I had to text him happy birthday after the sports fan because uh, you know, doing your birthday, I mean, you want to just eat cake, do family, do whatever you want to do. Uh, but appreciated him taking the I time. I bet you Michael Roth has no problem talking sports on his birthday. Well, yeah, I, but it was—it's like six o'clock. People are eating right now. Maybe they're just driving home from work. Uh, however you may be listening. Uh, but now we're going to take a short break on the Sportsman. On the other side, we'll break down what's happened a little bit nationally. Uh, Athens baseball a little bit. We talked a lot about him yesterday. But quick timeout. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sportsman on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Personnel Plus is still the one at matching qualified and reliable employees with local businesses. If you need good employees, contact Personal Plus at 740-592-3416 or drop by the Employment Options Office located in the Market on State. Personnel Plus. We are local, we are nonprofit, and we are community. Personnel Plus is the employment service of the Athens County Board of DD. Our community is better together. Integrate Athens, the new division of the Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, partners with other local organizations, groups, and people to help our community come together. The Integrate Athens team works with schools, civic groups, and communities in Athens County, helping create friends, allies, and neighbor connections. Check out Integrate Athens on Facebook for events and activities that you can be a part of. Athens County Board of Developmental Disabilities, Integrate Athens, helping Athens County become a more inclusive place to live, work, and have fun. Be sure to follow Power 105 and 970 WATH on Instagram for contests, upcoming events, and a whole lot more fun stuff. Search Power 105 underscore 97 WATH on Instagram to get in on the action. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back into the Sports Fan right here on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike with Joey Madure. We just talked with Michael Roth, who's the sports director over at WUB. Uh, you know, the sports department has gotten better over the last couple of years. You know, they've improved. They've gotten more coverage out there. Uh, him, yeah, man, we've had sure. uh, Brian Kerp out there. I mean, uh, it's great. Like, if you watch, like, uh, their YouTube channel, Bobcat Showcase, like, before, I think... I mean, you're a year older than I am, but you can't, we're, we're, we'll call ourselves the same class, right? Because we'll all be here three, four years together. If you watch some of the, like, five, six, seven years ago, the content, and you watch it now, it's like, you wonder how we get criticized so much in our <laughs> production meeting. Because it's just like, do you see the stuff that used to happen? Right. But, yeah, he does a great job over there. He runs a runs a tight ship, gives the freshmen a uh, good mentor for them. They uh, they put it, they put together a lot of good content this year. Yeah, and our uh, phone lines are always open at 740-592-6646. Again, call into the sportsman at some four zero five nine two six six four six. Talk about anything uh, as uh, you know on the party line. They'd say free for all, uh, but 
Uh, if you want to call in. Uh, we got some news from the, uh, I guess it was ESPN that ranked a bunch of, you know, the group of five, not the power five, but the group of five, uh, the best talent now that's at the NFL level. Uh, and they put together the 22 best players, one player per position, except for, I think, wide receiver and a couple other positions that they uh, one and two. Right, obviously, um, offensive line. Needed that a couple linebackers, a right. couple of cornerbacks. Yeah, it's an interesting list, and uh, I'll go through it now. These are what ESPN said are the best non-Power 5 players at each position. Quarterback, and this is going to be a, a debated one. Carson Wentz out of North Dakota State, of course, the Eagles quarterback. Running back Aaron Jones for the Packers, went to the University of Texas El Paso. And you got Devontae Adams out of Fresno State, Tariq Hill out of West Alabama. Travis Kelsey out of Cincinnati. That's a bit of a weird because. Obviously, Cincinnati is not in one of the Power Five conferences, but you know, I don't really view them as a non-Power Five school. Like they're always ranked, you know, they're they're playing in right. Good they're always on the cusp of the top twenty-five, right. no matter what sport they're playing. They're playing in solid bowl games, so it's just weird, but it, it makes sense. At the flex, each each offense defense has a flex position. Kenny Galladay, wide receiver for the Lions, out of Northern Illinois. The MAC was pretty well represented in this list, by the way. Offensive tackle, uh, Teron Armstead, out of Arkansas Pine Bluff, plays for the Saints. Brandon Brooks, out of uh, Miami of Ohio. For the Eagles, Jason Kelsey, another one out of Cincinnati for the Eagles. At center, at the other guard, Joel Bentonio, for your Browns fans out there, played at Nevada. And then you got Eric Fisher, another Mac guy, Central Michigan, of course, a uh, high draft pick for the Chiefs coming out. Then you have, of course, Khalil Mack, another Mac guy at a Buffalo for the Bears. Akeem Hicks at a Regina for the Bears. Can't say I ever heard of uh, Regina, personally. Then you got Ed Oliver out of Houston, plays for Buffalo. The edge rusher, they picked Demarcus Lawrence. For Boise State, Bobby Wagner out of Utah State for the Seahawks. Uh, Darius Leonard out of South Carolina State plays for the Colts. The flex on defense is Shaquille Barrett plays for Tampa Bay. He went to Colorado State. By- Byron Jones went to the University of Connecticut, plays for the Dolphins. A.J. Bouye out of UCF. He's now in Denver. Kevin Byard for the Titans went to Middle Tennessee. And to round out the list, yet another Mac guy out of Northern Illinois, Jimmy Ward, now playing for the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you said, you know, the quarterback position for, uh, you know, the group of five. And I guess they're evaluating talent as it is now, right? They're not, they're not looking at it as in, you know, a career or a peak is, is how they put that list together. But I would still say, even though he was injured last year, I, I'd say the best uh, quarterback. Currently in the NFL right now. In the, in the he's, NFL? he's still a starter, by the way. Yeah, he's still a starter. I mean, he was just injured last year. Yeah. Uh, and, and Carson Wentz has been injured a lot, but they went with Carson Wentz, the the uh, the younger uh, group of five quarterback, instead of you know the established the the quality of Ben Roethlisberger, which would have been another Mac guy. I mean, we already have right. like five guys on the list. He would have gave us a sixth. Rothers- I mean, he's won two Super Bowls. Yeah, I don't know how you keep him off that list other than you know if I you're going if- younger. That's what I'm saying, but they didn't list any age restrictions on their... Th- they just said non-Power 5 guys. Last time I checked, Ben Roethlisberger is suiting up to play this year and is still in the NFL and has won two Super Bowls. Right, and again, I, I saw the article and they were ranking you know, uh, you know, the best team that they could rank to try to win a Super Bowl in you know, 2020 or 2021, right? And they put that list together with the players that were... You know, at the the peak of their careers now, that were in the group of five, they were in the Big Ten, they were in the SEC. You know, instead of going conference by conference, they just said, "All right, all the group of five one schools, big, we're gonna one big uh, non-power five school team." Yeah, yeah, it's and cool they still idea. rank the they still rank the Power Five sixth. I think they had the Big Ten as the uh, the most likely to win a Super Bowl, uh, but still, you know, I would go with. Roethlisberger, who has rarely been injured during his career, um, way well. Come on, Big, Big Ben has <laughs> he's 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 missed a lot of time due to injury. Well, all right. he doesn't he doesn't he has never had really season-ending injuries, but he's very rare that he's played a 16-game season. Yeah, but when he's played though, I mean, he's at least played. Carson Wentz oh, might have had a good rookie season, but I can't remember a good first couple. Yeah, yeah good, I mean, they good got first he got into the season. playoffs when they won the Super Bowl, but, but he's been injured. You know, he he lot, got him yeah. for the uh, the first half of the season. Then Nick Foles came in. Or uh, what's his first name? Uh, the the quarterback right now uh, is it Nick Foles? Yeah, the, you got yeah, it, Nick Foles. Yeah. Nick Foles now on the Bears, but still, you know, I would have to go with Roethlisberger over Wentz just by yeah, a body I mean, of work. Also, just look at his dating back to man. I mean, just dating back to 2011, threw for 4,000 yards and he threw for 
3,200, then 4,200, then almost 5,000, then 4,000 again, then another 4,000. I mean, the last full season he played, he threw for 5,129 yards, 34 touchdowns. Which was when? Uh, 2018. So that's not too far ago. You know, that's no, it's not the too... year before last. Yeah. He's uh, won two Super Bowls. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, he's probably a Hall of Fame quarterback. We could probably agree on that, right? Right. I think Big Ben is, is probably... If Eli's a Hall of Fame quarterback, I mean... Well, Eli also won two Super Bowl ben MVPs. Is. It's what you do in the postseason. I had that debate with Lucas uh, before he left. Oh, probably man. over the he phone was, call, too. Yeah, he was a... Jeez. <laughs> well, it was Eli entertaining hater. to go. An Eli hater. Well, he also was a big Andy Dalton guy. Uh, but the thing that Dalton never did was win in the po- uh, yeah win in the postseason. Uh, he was good enough to get to the postseason back in 2015, and then got injured. Uh, but you know, it, it's the way that Eli Manning won those games that yeah, yeah. kind of solidifies his career. Yeah, no, I think ESPN just a little disrespectful. Ben Roethlisberger still playing in the league at a high level. Of course, we don't know what he's going to do this year. He just had elbow surgery. That's fair. You can't necessarily say you know what Carson Wentz is going to do either, right? Because who knows? He's going to be injured. He could be injured week three, and then the season's over again. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger, 56,000 career passing yards, uh, 363 touchdowns. I mean, the, the resume speaks for itself. And, of course, he went to Miami of Ohio, not a Power 5 school. It wasn't one then. It isn't one now. So right. you, you would assume if you're going to form a list of the best Power 5 players, I would assume you put Ben Rausberg at right. quarterback. Yeah. But Non-Power 5, yeah. Uh, I, I took a look at the other quarterbacks that they had, you know, the best from the Big Ten, the best from, you know, the Pac-12. I believe the best it was Russell from, Wilson from yeah. the Big Ten. But they went with Russell Wilson over players like Drew Brees and over players like uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, I, don't, I also don't know if college numbers were uh, put no, into consideration for this list. It's, it's all just NFL. You know, I, what, I don't know if do? it is, though. He doesn't say that. Well, I mean, you're just going off the tweet, right? Yeah. If you, I if, looked at the criteria. Yeah, I mean, if you read the story about it, you, know, and you see all the rankings and stuff, they say, you know, what they're doing now, which is why they went with you know, Russell Wilson over Tom Brady. Uh, I think Wilson received like four votes, Brady three, Breeze two or something that, so that I remember. I mean, it's right, na- right now, you know, obviously they're... I think you've, Brady has shown signs of slowing down. Breeze really hasn't all that much, but I mean, I think I'd take a, a younger quarterback that's just as high of a level than a, a couple of 40 year old guys out of the Big Ten. Drum. Yeah, um, who, who did you say should be? Oh, you said Edelman should be on the wide receiver list. Well, I'm, this, Let's talk about this. It's a big I mean, body. If you're doing it by the body of work, I mean, Edelman's What's a the Super body Bowl of champion. work? He's a Super Bowl champion. So is Tariq Hill. Okay. Tariq Hill is. And Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, those, those, those are, are two, two guys. Yeah, but no one, somehow, some way... I told you this earlier. Edelman's got to be a way in there. I told you this earlier. There's not a single NFL fan out there that has taken Julian Edelman over Devontae Adams or Tariq Hill. See, but Edelman rarely... Or Kenny Galladay. That's even a third wide receiver in the flex position. I don't know. Listen, I mean, Edelman has been so reliable over his career. He's been a nice piece for New England. Do you think that he's a Hall of Fame player or no? Oh, mm. He's borderline, isn't he? I no, no, I don't think so. You think Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer? Listen, we'll he's take a, a really he's a solid football player. But uh, listen, we got we got to take another break on the sports man. We got uh, two commercials that we got to fit in during the hour long program. Well, we'll take the break. We'll look at Edelman stats. We'll break it down, and then we'll look at a couple national stories before wrapping up uh, here on the sports fan. You're listening to 970 97.1 FM WATH. Siemens Grocery is your family-owned grocery store where customer service is still a priority. At Siemens, you'll find high-quality, healthy, fresh foods, including fresh, natural Amish chicken. Siemens opened their doors in 1951 and for three generations has offered the highest quality produce and finest cuts of meats. How long has it been since you've been to Siemens? Siemens Grocery and Marathon, 305 West Union Street, Athens, 730 to 9, Monday through Saturday, Sundays from 10. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work-study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Did you know breast cancer kills 113 people every day? 
That's unacceptable. African-American women die from breast cancer, nearly 41% more than Caucasian women. That's unacceptable. Breast cancer is the leading cause of all cancer deaths for Hispanic women. Breast cancer is unacceptable. Together with Susan G. Komen, we're committed to reducing U.S. breast cancer deaths by half. And we're going to do it by 2026. Visit Komen.org slash unacceptable. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Uh, classic hits 970-WATH. Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. On the other side of the break, we said, yeah, is Julian Edelman really a, a Hall of Famer? And if you base it just off the stats... Oh, be, my God. It, no, it would have to be no, but you'd use the same argument that you would use for Eli Manning to then put Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame. Because he was no, the MVP. No, no. He was the MVP of the Super Bowl. He went 10 catches for 114 yards. One time. One, one time Super Bowl MVP, though. Okay. I mean, when you How many... That's the only. That's really the only MVP. thing. Joe Flacco's a Super Bowl MVP. See a Hall of Famer? Let's have this talk. I mean, he's. Like, are you kidding me? It's not. No. It's, see, it's not even a discussion. He's no. a wide receiver. Well, you can't pretend a quarterback and a wide receiver have the same impact on the gate. I mean, in Super Bowl, uh, what, what was it? The, the last L I I I. Yeah. Was that fifty three? Well, they scored thirteen points. You couldn't give it to the quarterback. Yeah, Ten catches, hundred fourteen yards, clutch performance. But yeah, apparently I mean, one good game gives you you're a Hall of Famer now. Six no. thousand. He has six, He's caught a thousand yards three times in his career in a passing league. Connor Mills thinks Julian Edelman is oh, an, I, I, a, a Hall of Famer. I say there's a, me? there's a conversation. He, does he get in? No. I mean, he hasn't been to any Pro Bowls. He hasn't been a, a, a Pro Bowler. You know, so uh, you could probably, you could argue it's because they win all the time. There was always in the Super yeah, Bowl. He I couldn't mean, play. In the when Pro you have Bowl. Gronkowski and Brady ahead of you on that team, you know, it kind of it's hard. When the offense isn't really being run through you, it's been run through Gronk. And it was it's run been... through them last year. What happened? They lost in the wild card round. Well, there wasn't. Yeah, he didn't have like a Gronk. He didnn't have you know, anybody Foiled. really. Yeah. I don't. Know, I mean, he deserves a mention, but I don't. I have to see all the other stats. And I, I, I asked you this in the break: Is Wes Walker a Hall of Famer? No. He has had probably just as much impact on the Patriots as Julian Edelman has. Which is true. He didn't have an impact on the Jets. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but no. Probably still, uh, it's it's a, a player that is on the uh, maybe not the cusp, but still, when you get into a Super Bowl MVP, you know, you're at least you have your name mentioned, maybe, you know, maybe. I mean, if like uh, the the debate with Joe Flacco, is he an elite quarterback or not? That probably I never ha- I never had that debate. That probably all stemmed because he got the MVP award, right? No, it stemmed before. No, the people were having that discussion before his Super Bowl run. People thought that cemented it, and then he was just very mediocre after that and uh, sealed his fate. But Yeah. Uh, speaking about the Hall of Fame, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says it is highly unlikely that crowds of 20,000 or more uh, would be allowed for the Pro Hall of Fame game and induction ceremony in August. Uh, the Hall is still evaluating its options and said no decisions have been made about the August 6th game at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium between Dallas and Pittsburgh, nor for the enshrinements two nights later. Uh, the Hall reopened to a limited number of fans last week. Uh, so, you know, I'm telling you, man, they seem to scrap that Hall of Fame game this year. Just don't. You think so? Uh, it, you wouldn't want to see it without any fans? No, I already don't want to see it with fans. Like I told you, <laughs> it's third-string players playing for an entire game. You get what you see. It's like the XFL. Yeah. That's your one chance. I still chance. wish the XFL was you know, oh, kind man. of stuck it out a little bit longer. You know, but, I mean, with the pandemic and everything, they weren't going to be making any money. And it was I, never going to work. No. But they at least had the TV deals to try and make it work. They did the first time around, too. I don't know. It's disappointing for the XFL, I'll tell you that. Uh, but I, I guess, you know, it might be XFL quality, maybe. 
third stringers and such, but still. Honestly, if they don't get to do a proper training camp, we might see some XFL-quality football week one of the NFL season. I mean... And it's not to say the XFL didn't have... And overall talent wasn't NFL talent. You know, but some players got signed by NFL teams after the XFL folded. You know, some, some players might have a chance there. You know, it's just not NFL all around uh, when you're talking about you know, XFL. Uh, but still, you know, it's uh, highly unlikely that 20,000 or more would be allowed at the Pro Hall of Fame game and induction ceremony, which would be disappointing. Yeah, uh, A lot of Hall of Fame inductions yeah. kind of been postponed already. Oh, yeah, I, I wonder what the alternative would be. Maybe try a virtual Hall of Fame induction or something like that. Well, I think you know, other leagues have postponed it to next year. You know, so the so 2020 put, class just have a bigger class. Yeah, 2020 class gets inducted with whoever the 2021 class man, is. That'd be a long ceremony, man. But, I mean, they it's already long with. The, the to think about it, though, I mean, these are guys who excelled. I mean, they're, they're Hall of Famers. You know, they deserve to have that recognition on that day. Oh no, they do. I'm just saying that's. You're dedicating a lot of time of your day if you're going to double the amount of people that already get in every year. I mean, it already is like a three, four-hour extravaganza. Or maybe you spend it into two days. You know, they could stretch it, maybe, right? First day, you get the 2020 class. Second day, you get the 2021 class. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all works. I mean, who knows? Maybe all this, uh, maybe maybe the corona will finally just fade away out of nowhere. We beat it, and uh, we'll have everything up and going. Oh, that would be nice, but... Yeah, we're probably not, that's not going to happen. No. I'm, I'm I'm an optimist, but uh, who knows though? Uh, College Hall of Fame ballot uh, was released: Georgia cornerback Champ Bailey, Syracuse defensive end Dwight Freeney, and Kansas State running back Darren Sproles will appear on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot for the first time. The National Football Foundation announced the 78 players and seven coaches from major college football. Uh, who are up for selection to the Atlanta-based Hall of Fame. There are also 99 players and 33 coaches from outside of the highest level of college football eligible for induction. Heisman Trophy winners Carson Palmer from Southern California and Rashawn Salem from Colorado are among those returning to the ballot. Uh, the College Hall of Fame Class of 2021 will be announced early next year. Uh, but the ballot's released. they got a couple uh, noticeable names on there. It's very interesting how Champ Bailey's an NFL Hall of Famer. Why do they wait so long to throw these guys in the college hall of fame? Why can't they do that during their professional career? I mean, do they take account to what? Uh, no, absolutely what not. It's definitely just no. There's definitely some college, some NFL busts in the college football hall of fame. All right, but I mean, if you have success at the college level and then have success at the NFL level, do you think that the NFL talent or the NFL career gets factored into maybe going into the college hall of fame? Or it, it shouldn't. Thing? If it, it shouldn't, if it does, I um, agree with you. Yeah, but I, I I agree. Like, why would you wait this like, long? Tom Brady, right? Is he a college football Hall of Famer? Because I mean, his college football career was a little less than impressive. But obviously, you look at it and see what he did in the NFL. It's right. like, well, yeah, no, that 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 that's inter- that's an interesting debate for sure. Right. I don't think it's weird how a guy like Champ Bailey's in the NFL Hall of Fame before the before the college football. They you could would think while they're playing if you were. a eligible to be a college football Hall of Famer, it'd be done sooner. I mean, you only have to wait, what, uh, was it, like four, four or five years after you retire from the NFL to be up for induction? I mean, maybe they're waiting until their football career is over because you get into the College Football Hall of Fame before the NFL Hall of Fame, right? Is, is, Champ, is Champ Bailey, or did he already get Champ the golden jacket? He, he, he got the golden jacket? I believe so. Yeah, I think so, too, because he was a cornerback, right? Yep. Yeah, for the Denver Broncos it was a yep. stud. So I, I don't know that. I don't know why you'd wait that long to uh, to put them in. Because my only idea would be, all right, well maybe they, uh, you know, wait until the the NFL career is over. Maybe they're waiting until the the, the uh, football career is over. But it's a little bit of a delay for those guys. Um, Pro Bowl will be headed to Las Vegas. NFL announced Tuesday that the 2021 All Star Game will be played at New. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on Sunday, January 31st, one week before Super Bowl in Tampa. Plans to include what the league calls a week-long celebration of football will include NFL flag championship games and a Pro Bowl skills showdown in which players compete in a variety of events. There will be community and charity initiatives as well. You know, Las Vegas got that new stadium, and I guess they're looking for 2021 to showcase it, and hopefully there will be a lot of fans there uh, to be able to go there and enjoy the the new facility. But 
lot of uh, Raiders. Said Las. Uh, where were they? They were in Oakland Raiders, right? Went from Oakland down to, to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the Oakland guys didn't really like that with the uh, the Raiders moving. I mean, would you? Probably not. I understand it, though. I mean, there's a lot of uh, football down over in California, right? That, and I mean, I, I, I heard, I think the Coliseum in Oakland wasn't exactly a uh, a, uh, a, a top-tier stadium to have. And, of course, you get a chance to move to Las Vegas, get a big brand-new stadium in a new city. Probably going to have a lot of buzz around it because Vegas hasn't had a team. So, Yeah. Well, probably. And the, uh, for anybody who's interested in uh, you know the horse racing news, a uh, horse named Tis the Law is a, the class of the Belmont Field Triple Crown favorite. Tis the Law looks every bit like the best three-year-old in the world and is the Triple Crown favorite even with races being run out of their normal order. It'll take something spectacular Saturday from a watered-down field to prevent him from becoming the first New York-bred horse to win the Belmont Stakes in over 130 years. The Belmont's this Saturday? I think it is. That's what the, that's what the report says. Uh, I'm guessing they're going empty... Empty, uh, probably, yeah. Empty track, because I mean NASCAR's back in racing. Uh, I think horse racing has already been back. Uh, you know, a lot of other events have been you know, reinstated. They, they, they come back already. UFC, golf. Has um, it, will this be the first time ever the Kentucky Derby isn't the first one raced? I think so, because the uh, front runner for September fifth, Kentucky Derby, uh, and there was, uh, I think, a football game. I think a Mid American Conference football game had to be moved. Uh, to accommodate for the Kentucky... No, it wasn't Mid-American Conference. I think it was like a, a Kansas game or uh, some game got moved. Yeah, you know, Kentucky. Mac, Big 12, same Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Well, no, I, I think it was a Kentucky game that had to get moved gotcha. uh, for the Kentucky Derby. But uh, Tisla has the same owners and trainer as Funny Side, who fell just short of the Triple Crown in 2003. Uh, Belmont win would complete the 82-year-old trainer Barkley Tag's personal Triple Crown and make Tis the Law the front runner again for the September 5th Kentucky Derby. Uh, always interesting to see. You know, it's uh, horse racing is just one of those uh, unique events. Yeah. And, uh, I remember last year's Kentucky Derby, they uh, they took away, they switched, uh, they switched their winner after like a video review because they determined the other horse cut the other one off. I remember that. Big controversy. Yeah, people were not happy about that. No, no, especially the people. people. Who, I remember watching it. Yeah, people who bet on it. Yeah, I'm sure we're not happy with it either. Yeah, if you had the horse in second, you were pretty happy. Well, true. I, but you had <laughs> half the people who might have had the horse in first, and the other half who had it in second. Yeah. One half is happy, one half is uh, distraught, I'd say. Unless you had the horse in the top three, if you did the bet like that. True. Because if it's in the top three, then you, you're fine that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too familiar with uh, the, the horse race betting. I, I'm, I'm pretty well versed on the, on the topic, but horse racing, uh, not, not something I've, I've dipped into just yet. Haven't gotten that bored over quarantine. <laughs> I, I wonder what people. I mean, casinos have been closed. Uh, sports gambling has not. Online been... casinos, Connor, they exist. I guess so. I don't know. I don't, I don't personally gamble or anything, but but I know some people who who dabble in it. Uh, but anyway, this is a sports fan at 970, 97.1 FM. No sports fan tomorrow. We'll have Reds hot stove talk. Coming your way at seven, uh, at six o'clock till seven with Tommy Thrall, and then coming up on Thursday, Athens baseball, as it'll, it got moved to Beaver Eastern High School, starting at six o'clock. We'll have that on the airwaves right here on 970 WATH. For Joe Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening in.